Connection with Florida-based company Fraud Guarantee is Lev Parnas. A business partner could also be charged as investors were reportedly misled about the company and its value. Presidential hopeful Mike Bloomberg is attacking Democratic opponent Bernie Sanders in a new digital ad. It ends with Sanders calling for people who hold different views to engage in a civil discourse. The word really then flashes across the screen. The video is in response to Sanders questioning the former mayor's record. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves says it's still too early for residents to return to their flooded homes, but he did have some good news today. We do expect the water to recede relatively quickly, but we strongly discourage anyone from getting in or trying to drive through the water. Because of the overflowing Pearl River, entire neighborhoods are underwater with up to a thousand homes damaged. Hall of Fame golfer Mickey Wright is dead at the age of 85. Wright won dozens of LPGA titles, including several majors, and was rated best female player all-time in Golf Magazine and Golf Digest. She suffered a heart attack. U.S. financial markets and government agencies were closed today for the President's Day holiday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Now, Skyscan weather for the RVA from 1029 The Mater. For tonight, partly cloudy, low 37. A chance of showers after 2 a.m. Patchy fog before 10 tomorrow, otherwise mostly cloudy, high 61. Rain showers possible after 2, about a 50% chance. Tuesday night, a chance of showers, cloudy with a low of 41. Showers before 8 a.m., then rain between 8 and 2, gradually becoming mostly sunny Wednesday afternoon with a high near 50 degrees. Wednesday night, mostly clear, low 32. Partly sunny on Thursday with a high near 43, mostly cloudy during the early evening on Thursday night, then gradual clearing by Friday morning with a low of 22. Friday, sunshine with a high near 41. Clear Friday night, low 23 degrees. Great weekend coming up too. Sunshine high in the mid to upper 50s. From the Mater Weather Center in the center of the universe, this is Bob Scarborough. The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Pleasant good evening, everybody. We are live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. It's Monday night. That means it's time to get in the red zone here live on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Fans listening on the permanent link up at the top right-hand side of the page at both rvasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. And if you're listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L, that's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. We welcome you as well. A lot of things coming to a head here in the uh, winter cycle of our sports locally. Let's begin first right down the road at Randolph-Macon. News within the hour that the Yellow Jacket men's basketball team has moved up from number three to number two nationally after clinching their fourth consecutive Old Dominion Athletic Conference championship in the regular season Saturday. 72-50 winners over Washington and Lee, and frankly, it wasn't that close in the second half. 
Randolph Macon extending an eight-point halftime lead. A relentless attack. Love the three-point guard look uh, with uh, Terry Woods and Corey Turner joining Buzz Anthony and just relentlessly driving and kicking out and driving and kicking out and going deep into the shot clock and really just wearing down the generals on defense so that their offensive output in the second half uh, uh, frankly was not as good as it was in the first. There, there never seemed to be a run coming from the generals who had won uh, eight in a row, I believe, going into that game. Uh, they just weren't able to get over the hump. They got to as close as seven points, but that's all that Randolph-Macon would do. And so they go to 14-0 in the conference, and the, the, they can't be caught there uh, because every other team in the conference has three losses or more. So even if Randolph-Macon lost their last two regular season games, they'd still win the ODAC regular season title outright, but that's not what they want to do. They have uh, big business to attend to beginning on Wednesday night when they have Hamden Sydney coming in. Now, you'll recall those two teams played in November. That was a non-conference game in Farmville. Remember, the ODAC has gone to an unbalanced schedule, and frankly, fans, I have no idea why they only allowed Randolph-Macon and Hamden Sydney to play one conference game. You would think if any combination of schools in the ODAC that should have a home-and-home home every year, it would be Hamden, Sydney, and Randolph-Macon. But it was not that way. So the two schools decided to do a non-conference game in Farmville, won by the Yellow Jackets back in November. Now, Hamden, Sydney has turned things around with their new head coach. Uh, they have an over 500 record in conference play. So it's going to be a battle Wednesday night at 7 at Crenshaw before the Yellow Jackets finish the regular season in North Carolina at Guilford. Coming up on Saturday the 22nd that's this saturday afternoon now just talked with director of athletic communications phil stanton a few moments ago he's hanging out with us tonight here in the red zone here's the situation if you want to get tickets to wednesday night's game between the yellow jackets and tigers at crenshaw tip at 7 p.m uh, there will be student ticket giveaway tomorrow morning once that is complete uh, Randolph-Macon will announce the status of tickets that can be purchased by the public for Wednesday night's game tomorrow afternoon at rmcathletics.com. So you need to check rmcathletics.com tomorrow afternoon to get the latest on ticket availability for Macon and Sydney coming up Wednesday night, 7 o'clock tip at Crenshaw Gymnasium. If tickets are available, they will tell you how to get them Tuesday afternoon at rmcathletics.com. And we as well will keep that information given to you as well on Twitter at Hanover Sports, uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hanover Sports, and online at our website, HanoverCountySports.net, part of the RBA Sports Network. And, of course, we'll let you know tomorrow during the In the Red Zone Sports Update at 4.30 here on the Mater. Weekday afternoons, 4.30. In case you didn't know, In the Red Zone's not just once a week for an hour here at Sports Page. We do it every weekday during Roger's show at 4.30. We give you a live local sports update each and every weekday afternoon to keep you posted on all the things that are going on uh, between Monday nights. So remember to join us for that. So the Yellow Jackets, 14-0 in the ODAC. They're 22-1 overall, and they have Hamden City Wednesday night and then at Guilford on Saturday. Big win for women's basketball on Saturday over Farum has put them in a very interesting position 24 hours out from senior night tomorrow night at Crenshaw when Randolph-Macon will take on Shenandoah. Suddenly, those two teams are tied for fourth in ODAC standings. Now, you know, Randolph-Macon had been in six for quite some time over the last two to three weeks. They have, uh, they've won four in a row. 
And now they're in a situation to where if they could get the win over Shenandoah on uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, and then they could beat Lynchburg at Lynchburg in the season finale on Saturday, uh, they could be at least the number four seed. And if somehow if Bridgewater slips a couple of times here in the last week of the regular season, the three seed is actually possibly in sight. Washington and Lee is closing in on the one seed. Emory and Henry's a half game behind them. Generals have one game remaining, and Emory and Henry have two. But first things first, tomorrow night, Randolph-Macon, Shenandoah, that's going to be a huge battle and could be a situation to where if this standing situation stays the same, those two teams could see each other again in a 4-5 quarter final uh, coming up at the ODAC Championship next weekend in Salem. And in a second, we'll talk about the schedule for that. But that's tomorrow night, and it's senior night. I would love it if you guys would pack Crenshaw tomorrow night because I can't think of a better senior class that we've had probably since the class of 2016 uh, that had uh, uh, Hannah Liverman and Katie Anderson and Kajay Hester and Lauren Vugdevine. Uh, we're looking at celebrating Kelly Williams, Michael Ross, Charlotte Woods tomorrow night. What an impact they have had on this program. And so senior night festivities get underway a little bit before game time. So you want to get to Crenshaw 630, no later than like 640. Get your seat, get ready, and then let's honor those three young women student athletes uh, before they tip it up with the Hornets at 7. That's tomorrow night at Crenshaw. Good weekend for Randolph-Macon baseball. They come away with two wins in three games at the Hue, including a split with the fourth-ranked team in America, the Cortland State of New York, beating them on Saturday, scoring five late on Sunday to force extra innings before Cortland State got the win in 10 by a score of 12-9. to nine. So Randolph-Macon 4-1, and one, two weeks into the regular season men's lacrosse they go up to dc saturday get a big overtime win over catholic to go to 2-0 on the season and congratulations to women's lacrosse they opened up their season with a 20-3 victory over methodist in north carolina yesterday uh, saturday no yesterday afternoon that was a sunday afternoon affair they get back on the bus and head up to maryland to take on saint mary's on wednesday before they host meredith for their home opener this coming Saturday and high school basketball coming to a close over the next 24 hours or so as Patrick Henry's boys and girls team are playing Hermitage tonight the boys are at home the girls are at Hermitage both at 7:30, both in the playoffs in region <coughs> excuse me fans 4b with the girls team trying to get from fourth into third trying to overtake Powhatan so they avoid that opening round game between the fourth and the fifth seeds one week from tonight Hanover's boys, they wrap up their regular season tomorrow facing Glen Allen. Atlee's boys finish the regular season tonight at Mills Godwin at 7.30. They look good for the playoffs in 5B, as do the Atlee girls, but it looks like they will not. Both of them, neither will get into that top six. Ten out of 17 teams make the postseason. The top six earn buys. And then there's a game between the 7 and 10 seeds and the 8 and 9 seeds coming up on Friday night. That's in Region 5B. The game will be held at the higher seed. And it looks like both athlete teams are going to be involved in that first round coming up on Friday. As for Region 4B, Hanover Girls locked up the number two seed behind Monacan. They will start their tournament play a week from Wednesday, hosting the number three seed from the northern sectional of uh, Region 4B. They split their 16-team region into two uh, subregions. North gets eight teams, south gets eight teams, so the Fredericksburg area and the Richmond area, and in the Richmond area, Monacan's the one, Hanover the two, Patrick Henry's trying to be the three if they can get over Powhatan, Powhatan four. Over in the boys' side, Patrick Henry currently four. Looks like they're pretty much locked in there. Hanover looks to be locked 
in five. So six out of the eight teams in the county will make the postseason, and we should know Wednesday morning all of who's going to play what and when. And on Wednesday, at some point during the day, Region Tournament Central will debut at rbasportsnetwork.com to give you all the information you need to know as the journey toward the Siegel Center and state basketball championships get underway in earnest. All right, let's take a quick break. Told you we were jam-packed tonight. When we come back, we sit down with randolph making head softball coach Kevin Profit and get ready for the 2020 season for the Yellow Jackets. Can they make it back-to-back seasons to the College World Series? And just how tough is the ODAC this year? We'll talk about it all next as we continue live at Sports Page Grill Ashland on this Monday night on the Mater. You are in the Red Zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Never find another like me. With the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That's 4% cash back on milkshakes with extra whipped cream. And 4% to get extra loud at the show. The Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% on dining and 4% on entertainment. What's in your wallet? Hey guys, it's Taylor. You can buy my new album Lover at TaylorSwift.com. Terms apply. Capital One Bank USANA. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <laughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. <sighs> For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Sports page grill on this Monday night in the red zone, 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Fans listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app on radio and online on both RVASportsNetwork.com and HanoverCountySports.net. Well, the final team at Randolph-Macon in the spring sports cycle to get going is softball. They're uh, getting closer. It just feels like it's <laughs> taken forever to get to, to, to opening day, which is coming up a week from Wednesday. February 26th with a home doubleheader against Mary Washington. Let's catch up with the head softball coach at uh, Randolph-Macon. Kevin Profit is in the red zone. Hey, Rob. Evening. What's going on, coach? How are you? Good. Real good. Honored to have you with us. Thank you, sir. I am Glad so, to be ex- here. so excited about this season, man. I just want to get this thing up and running and going. Do, yeah. do the ladies feel the exact same way? It, it is exactly the same just down the street. We, <laughs> we just finished practice, and we are uh, – 
We've inter-squatted two or three times, and they are ready to play somebody that wears a different uniform. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, I, I got to get – this was so crazy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the uh, NFCA uh, – NF, I can't yes. remember the acronym. Yep. You the NFCA, you got it. The, uh, they, they had their preseason national poll come out, and there you sit at number 10. Okay, and then later that afternoon, the ODAC sends out their preseason conference poll, which I have in front of me. Virginia Wesleyan got nine first-place votes to, to top it. That was not a surprise. Emory and Henry and Lynchburg each got one first-place vote, and they were two and three. And here's the number one, and the, the, the number 10 team in the country sitting in the preseason poll, fourth in their own conference. Did, I, I know this stuff means nothing. Yeah. Did it, you scratch your head a bit at um, that? Not, not really. I, you know, I really I, just kind of your first comment was so true. I, It's nice, um, like on the NFCA side, it's nice that you, I guess, have earned the respect that you get a number 10 nod in a preseason poll. And then on the other hand, like I didn't really take it as a negative that we were number four in the conference. We were number four in the conference last year in the preseason poll. So it's it. we really, to be perfectly honest with you, we – honestly have not even mentioned it It has not even come up with the girls at all we don't we haven't really talked about it we you know they know we have to go win games and if we win games we'll be okay and um there's nobody you know from a conference standpoint we you know we've got enough older kids that are back that understand the rigor of just playing the odac schedule in itself um we've also got a really you know a a tough you know we we try to play a tough non-conference schedule as well um because you just never know. The ODAC is so strong that if you, you know, don't happen to win the tournament, then you want to put yourself in a position to get a bid, yep. and that large bid, which, which I, you know, I think we've we've proven that we've done that in the past. I mean, last year, you know, we didn't win that we lost in the championship game of the tournament, but we, you know, our strength of schedule was I think it was third in the country at the end of the year. So, um, I think that definitely propelled us, and we got a good seed in the in the regional and things just kind of fell into place so we really don't put a lot of stock in it um but but it's funny because there were i had a couple friends that mentioned the same thing like (laughs) how do you get number 10 in the country but you're number four in the conference and two of the teams that were in front of you in the conference aren't you know and it's just it just kind of is what it is it's a you got a bunch of coaches voting in the odac and and not not that that's yeah just the way it is it's everywhere it's it's an opinion um and and it's the same way really in the nfca poll i mean i'm not some of that probably some of that ranking at the 10 spot has to do with the way we finished last year. And, yes. you know, and we're not really the same team as we were last year. So um, we've now don't get me wrong. We've got a lot of pieces that are back, but we've, you know, we'll have some new pieces that we'll plug into and, you know, we'll, we'll get after it. Our practices have been going great. And uh, the few times we've had opportunities to inter squad and kind of play each other, they've gone really well. So um, we're like, I said, like you said, to start with, we're excited to, to see somebody else and, and get rolling. A lot of people, of course, obviously remember the historic nature of how the season ended and your first trip ever to the College World Series. Yes. Uh, but to me, the 2019 season was just as much characterized by the journey itself and how unusual it was because your team had to battle and scrap and claw from day one. And I'm sure that there were times in March and in April where you were kind of thinking, you know, lying in bed at night, you know, is this thing going to go sideways or are we going to be okay? Because there were some games that you won that that were maybe surprising. There were some games you should have won that you didn't. And there was, going into the ODAC tournament, there were some question marks as to whether you could extend your season, but then you were able to get enough of the job done, and then the rest is history. No, you you are exactly right, and and that is kind of the way we talk about it. You know, we came into last year and we had some – 
it was kind of similar to this year where we had a good nucleus of kids coming back and we had some new, you know, some new faces that were going to help. But um, but you're right. Early on, uh, we lost some games that I guess technically we really didn't expect to lose. We, right. Um, of course, you always expect to win, but of course, you know. But um, and then the other, um, and then on top of that, um, you're right. We had some really big wins. I mean, how many times can you look back at a season and say that you had an opportunity to knock off, th- win three games, and at, at you know beat three opponents who were ranked number one at the, in the country at the time you played them, That's even right. though it was the same team twice. But still, still they were but, number but one. How many? You know, uh, you, you think about it. I mean, I've been around softball, baseball. I've never heard of anything like that happening before. No. Um, and so the funny word that you used was history, and and we did. We actually talked about that a lot. Like once we got a two seed in the regional. We started. We began to talk a little bit about, hey, let's make history. You know, what 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 we have to do. If we win a regional, then we've ramped it up. But we you know we've ramped it up another notch. You know, we made we made it to the tournament before. We've never made it past the regionals. If we win a regional, we made history. Yep. We we end that ended up happening, and so we started talking about, hey, let's keep the ride going, and you know we can maybe let, let's see what we can do. Maybe we can do it again. And then that that weekend that we played down at CNU was just. Uh, it was just, it, it was, it was in a very good way. It was just crazy, insane. Um, but it was, um, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was a, a moment that I, I don't know that I'll ever forget. In terms of the the long, the longevity of my coaching career in general, not just at Randolph Macon, even though that's been a while, but just the way that whole thing played out that whole weekend after we, did, you know, went down there Friday and did not play very well at all. I didn't think and. Um, but then came back the next day and win two huge games, and I'm not sure they had actually been, I'm not sure they had actually been beaten twice on their field. Like I don't think anybody had ever swept them on in, in, a, in a, you know, in a in a, in a games or in a, in a date, you know, a playing to play date. So it was just, uh, and I remember, you know, I can still literally remember the moment that it happened. Like I couldn't even. When it happened, I was so excited for our kids that I, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even leave the dugout. I just sat there and just kind of took it all in, took and I in. was like, wow. I mean, how many times do you, you always talk to your kids about, hey, this is like the pinnacle of the sport for us. And and um, and um and then I'm like, and and we need to get in the van and head home because <laughs> we've got to start making plans. That's right. And um, so that kind of, it was just a really, it was just uh, honestly, like, I don't even, it was really, truly was like just an unbelievable experience. Not unbelievable in a sense that I never thought we'd ever be able to do it, but the fact that it happened and we were there and we were participating in it. And, um, and then the other thing that I remember about it is that as excited as our kids were about it, they weren't scared. Like they weren't afraid to go play against the, you know, you know, supposedly the, the other seven best teams in this, that year. Right. And, um, and so that was another thing that kind of struck me as being really kind of kind of cool to me is that our they, like we were they were excited and ready to roll and we talked about you know we enjoy it and you know yes we're going down there to win games but but enjoy it you know when when it was finally when it was over I remember saying to our seniors there's not a better I mean the only better way you could have ended this would have been to win the whole thing but right. I mean think about it you played your last softball you started playing when you were a little girl <laughs> all of them. And you played your last game on the biggest stage that's at your level of softball. That's right. And um, it was just truly, I mean, I get goosebumps even sitting here talking about it. It was just, it was just truly like just an incredible experience. I was so happy for all of our kids that they got to be a part of that. And um, and it was nice. The school, you know, the community supported us. They gave us that big send off. And it was all, you know, kind of made us feel like we were really important. 
as you should have been, no doubt about that. Now, let's look forward. 2020, you mentioned about having a nucleus. Certainly, that's yeah. the case. But let's start in the circle, uh, obviously, with the graduation departure of, of Candace Whittemore, the all-time winningest pitcher now in Randolph making history after a great career right down the road at, at uh, Patrick Henry. Uh, in the circle, you got to be strong if you want to go yeah. back to back. Tell me about what's coming. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we've got five kids who, we, to be honest, we all feel really, really good about. They had a really good fall. They've had a really productive, uh, I guess if you want to call it spring. Right. Um, so far. And so we feel really, really good. We've got um, Ali Celebrity, who um, is a kid that transferred in from Queens a couple uh, last year. And... Didn't get a ton of innings last year, but will definitely get. She'll she will definitely get more innings this year as a junior. And she did pitch that one really good game. But she she shut Lynchburg down in in the, I guess it was the winners bracket championship game right. at the Odak tournament. The she tournament. beat them three to one, and they had a they had a great offensive team. Um, Maddie Rhodes was is a kid that as a freshman led the country in in, in Division three in ERA. Last year struggled a little bit, but she's been a lot better uh she's she's in a really good place and then we've got some other kid we've got some other pieces we've got a left-handed freshman named riley bond and we've got a uh another a right-handed freshman named jessica Pittman, and we have a, another kid that's a returning player kelly ferguson who's a sophomore who i think is kind of like a little bit of a, like a change of pace kind of kids so okay. i think i think we can use her I think she's got a definite role you know definite role in terms of our pitching staff and, and i could see at some point to be honest, I could see, at least at the beginning of the year, all those kids kind of maybe making some contributions or, t or eating up some of the innings that Candace normally would have, you know, in, in past years Candace ate up because Candace threw a lot of innings. Um, but we'll have to probably spread it around a little bit. But we're not really like I'm not nervous about it. I think they've I've been happy with what we've seen and so far and um, so we're like I said we're just kind of excited and and we've seen them throw in game situations against our own kids. So, obviously, we haven't seen them face anybody else, and we didn't even have the opportunity to play in the fall because it got rained out. Right. Um, so, we we truly have only seen them face our own kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, you know, we I'm we have we have five arms that, um, and in softball, that's kind of a lot. That is a lot. That's I mean, just baseball, here baseball that. it's like not, you know, baseball, that would be nothing. You'd be worried if you only had five. You know, softball, if you have five kids. But, you know, again, I think eventually – they'll all kind of fall into a role and, and it might take a little bit of, you know, messing with the lineup a little bit and trying some different things. But we feel good about the, the, the way that those five kids have thrown and combined in the fall and what we've done so far in the spring. Now you got some uh, experience coming back up the middle, which is always, yes, it, it always critical and good and exciting that you can build upon. It is. Yeah. And so we've got uh, Sammy Davidson behind the plate, Maddie stones at second, um, we've got a couple kids that are, you know, that are kind of vying or competing for that shortstop job. But one of them is a senior, one of them is a freshman, Sam Cypress and, and the Pittman kid. And then we've got Shelby Hill in center. <clears throat> and Shelby, in my opinion, is the best defensive center. She's the best defensive outfielder that in our conference. As a matter of fact, I will tell you that I thought, I thought in terms of outfield play, I thought our outfield combined last year, and Shelby was part of that, was the best outfield that was at the College World Series. <laughs> Um, they, they were fantastic. <clears throat> they no could doubt. all run. They all had good arms. You know, and Shelby is a game changer defensively. She is flat out a game changer defensively. Probably her greatest asset. You know, her greatest asset is her athletic ability. Mm -hmm. um, not that she's not a good softball player, but she's so athletic. 
and she can get to balls that a lot of kids, you know, she's not afraid to make plays at the fence. She, right. she just, she's kind of fearless out there and she really truly controls our outfield. Um, and so I, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're real excited. I mean, again, we're excited to get going and even though we did lose some kids, we're, you know, we, we've got kids that I think are going to jump right in and, and kind of take the, take the bull by the horns and, and kind of, uh, embrace the fact that they're getting some time and, um, I, th- I think it's it's going to be a good thing. I, I, I find interesting because sometimes, and I'm sure you probably have the situation too when it comes to the recruiting standpoint, sometimes you're looking at some kids and they don't feel like Randolph-Macon's far enough away from home. Yeah. And that may be a struggle in terms of trying to get them to come play for the Yellow Jackets. But I'm just sitting here thinking about some of the kids you just talked about. Of course, they're not kids, but I just referenced it that way. Maddie Stone played at Glen Allen. Shelby Hill was at Atley and then went to St. Margaret's yep. up in Tappahanna, graduated there, came yep. back here to play. Yeah, Taylor Sanderford at third base, Atley, part of two right. state championship teams. We talked about Candace and her career, Patrick Henry, then the last four years with you guys. You guys have been able successfully to find uh, young ladies who will stay home. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of that is the rise uh, in this past decade and the quality of your program. I, and, I, and I do think that, and I, I do think the other piece of it is that I think Randolph-Macon from an academic standpoint is such an easy sell to people Yeah. in terms of the, the, the quality of quality. the education they're going to get. So that combined with the fact that I think kids can see that we're putting a lot of effort into our program and they want to, they, you know, kids want to play in a, in a solid program where they've got coaches that are truly caring and about them as people, but also, you know, about the program. And you could not ask for a better staff than we have with uh, Amanda Sopko, who played for us, and Dana Wood, who's a graduate of the college and played baseball at Macon, and Chip Bailey, who's a lifetime Richmond guy. Um, I mean, I could not ask for a better group of people to be to have, you know, with me as we get. And it has certainly been a group effort. There's no, there's no one of us. I mean, it's been a group effort. Um, I mean, they're all we're there every day. And um, like I said, it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't even be the same if it, if it weren't for we if it weren't for them. And we've had a lot of stability there in that in that group. Um, you know, stop being the youngest because she just graduated a few years ago. But right. but we've had a lot of stability in that program in the in that part of our program. Um, and we get that question a lot, you know, how long do you think you guys are going to be around and that kind of thing. So, but I, I do think you're right. I think part of it is the, just that we've been, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of success, but that has come from a ton of hard work and commitment and passion from coaches and players alike. Right. So not just the coaches, it's definitely the players too. Um, but I do think that the other pieces that Randolph Bacon has to offer are, or just make the whole combination just a really, really good fit for a lot of kids. And so kids are not um, – you're exactly right. Some kids it's too close, but honestly we find more kids that are okay with it than are not. Now occasionally you'll get that kid that's just like, I just I want to be further than 40 minutes from home or whatever. Right. But, um, but lately it seems like we've been getting more kids that are okay with being 45 minutes an hour from home and that's definitely been a plus for us because we've had a lot we've got a lot of good kids that are local yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me odak championships a trip down to the college world series those things don't hurt either you no know? they don't <laughs> coach before we let you go want to sure. talk offense a little bit um, you know, how are things looking at the plate uh, are we looking at small ball we got some people that can pop it over to fence yeah well Variety? you know What's going I, on? I i i think i feel pretty comfortable saying that we've got a little bit of all of that we probably don't have um, overall, as much team speed as we had in the past, but we've still got some kids that can run a little bit. Um, we've got we've got some power. We've got a, another kid that we picked up was a transfer, a girl, a, a 
kid named Aaron Doyle, who's a Crosby kid. Oh, yes. I who know her very well. Who went to Lipscomb uh, out of high school and then ended up coming. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a Division One hitter, no doubt. She can she can crush it. Um, Allie's been hitting the ball really well. So I think we're I think we're going to be we're going into it with the thought that we're going to be pretty well balanced. We are. We will. We'll, we'll steal some bases and we'll still bump some people over and, and you know make some things happen that way. But we've also got some. We've got some kids that can hit it out. Mm-hmm. And so we've got. I think it's a nice. It's a nice little combination. And health wise. You're doing Everybody good seems in. to be fine. We've had some little things, but um, nothing, nothing major. Um, you know, so we've uh, all in all at this point, everybody's pretty good. Awesome. So it all starts a week from Wednesday. Yeah. And have you scouted Mary Washington yet? No, um, they've got a bunch. I mean, they've got some new. I've looked at their roster enough to know they've got a, a, a handful of kids that are returning, and then they've got some new kids as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of same boat as we are. So uh, then it's all just a matter of rolling the ball out. Yeah, and then like I said, we're all we're we're all giddy and we can't wait to you know we we the kids have even been super excited just to play games against each other. <laughs> so um, we're but I said we're really excited to play you know next week. The fans, I can tell you, it's a fantastic place to go watch softball. They're, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Just love Thank the, you. I, I just I love the, the the just the locale and the ambiance and it is so much fun. So much I fun. Agree. I thank you. I appreciate you saying that. So Mary Washington, a week from Wednesday, doubleheader begins at 2. Then you guys make your usual trek down to Raleigh, North Carolina for the Grand, Grand Slam. Yeah. And hey, you got some quality opponents there. Absolutely. And, and we're glad of that. You know, we, we, we think that's going to be a good weekend. Uh, and even the whole our first six games are all going to be great. Not that the rest of them are, but just looking at that first set of six games, Mary Wash in that first weekend, it'll be a good way for us to get started, and we'll learn a lot about ourselves pretty quick. Yeah, and, and, it's, and you mentioned those six. Where they are in the schedule uh, has a lot to do with that, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, we'll go down to Raleigh, and we'll open up with Keene and Piedmont on, on that Saturday, and they both were in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, Mary Wash, of course, had a great run and lost in the Capitol Finals to, I think, the CNU. So they had a good, great year. Right. And of course, we split, we split with them last year. So, um, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be a good way to start and kind of see, what, see what we have going. And then it's the ODAC later in the season. Yep. Oh, holy cow! Always crazy. It's just crazy. April first is the trip down to Wesleyan. Uh, Emory and Henry comes to you this year, so you don't yes. have to worry about making that long, long, long That's trip. True. But you got oh, just just back to back to back. It's just crazy, and we've talked about that for years. Yes, that's well, that, and that that's goes. a good thing, though. I, I mean, I truly think that uh, I truly think that the conference has got to be one of the strongest Division Three conferences in the country. It's Definitely. Just, you know, it's just every year. You know, we had four teams in the NCAA tournament last year. We had two teams in the Super Regionals, and. Um, you know, we could have easily had ended up with two teams at the World Series. Right. Um, so I, you know, and, and again, going down there last year and playing some teams from other parts of the country that we normally would never see. Um, you know, I, I we matched up pretty well, um, and so that was kind of a cool. That was kind of a neat thing to take away from it as well. Awesome, Coach. Let's do it again. Joe, I would love to. <laughs> love to have you come with us. Uh, that would be awesome. Kevin Prophet, head softball coach at Randolph Macon, opening day a week. At home, pitch game one at 2 p.m. Coach, Thanks, Rob. always an honor to Appreciate have you it, with man. us. Thanks for being with us Take tonight. care. Thank you. Coming up in just a moment, there's a new venture in town that's going to teach the next generation of high school football players how to block, how to wedge, and some other things as well. Two of the greatest players ever to put on an Atlee Raider uniform are going to drop by. Alec Eberle, Nick Clark are next. We'll talk to them live here in a moment at Sports Page Girl Ashland. We're at back in just a second. You are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. 
Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one Stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt dependable service since 1923. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On Site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 877-801-0746. 877-801-0746. That's 877-801-0746. Drill Ashland, you are in the red zone here on this Monday night. Rob with them along with you. Live on 1029 The Mater at 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Fans listening tonight both at rbasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. And, of course, on the TuneIn Radio app on Radio R-A-D-I-A-L-L. A quick moment to thank our sponsors for making tonight's show possible and each and every week here on The Mater. Of course, our friends here at Sports Page Grill Ashland who are hopping tonight. This place is jam-packed as uh, some some people are focusing on the last laps of the Daytona 500 going on right now. Some are getting ready for college basketball games tonight and other things as well. Great place to come for food and a lot of fun and to see all of your friends. Our friends at We Think in Inc. right down England Street here in Ashland. Business printing, nonprofit printing, you need banners, you need signs, you need new letterhead, new logos, anything like that. Talk to Chuck and the gang over at We Think in Inc. right here in Ashland. And, of course, our friends at Massey Wood and West. Fueling Virginia since 1923. But don't forget, they are much, much more than taking care of heating oil or propane or gas. You got HVAC issues or you need a new HVAC system? You're looking at a tankless water heater, maybe? They can handle all of that and much, much more. MasseyWoodandWest.com or 355-1721. And I've got my friends from Massey Wood and West coming in the red zone next Monday night. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what Massey Wood and West can do for you next week here. On the Mater, well, two of the greatest players ever to don an Atlee Raider uniform, in my humble opinion, uh, after covering Atlee Raider football for, well, most of this century now. Uh, I think back to the 2013 season, the 11 wins, 
uh, the two playoff wins, the the battle in the frigid temperatures against L.C. Bird. Uh, and, and I also think of, and I still have the picture that was taken, Alec, of you and me shaking hands on the field after you guys beat Verina in yeah, overtime for your first one over the Blue Devils in 15 years. And of course, you know, you're seven foot eight and I'm about five foot two, but I don't care because it was just an iconic moment. And what a game, one of the best games we've ever called here on the radio. So Alec Eberle moves over to Florida State. Nick Clark plays down at Old Dominion. Those careers have completed and now they're ready to take their skills and teach the next generation. Yes, Alec and Nick join us here live in the red zone. This is awesome. Guys, how are you? Awesome. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Pleasure. Yeah, it's to definitely awesome to be here in a local station. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it all day. So Awesome. That's what I like to hear. All right. So, guys, take me, you know, when things were wrapping up in Norfolk and in Tallahassee, respectively, how much did you stay in touch over the time in college? And, and kind of what, what, what were you thinking? What would be the next step for you? So, I know me and Nick, when we were talking pretty much every week, you know, he's one of my best friends, has been since we were young. Um, and we both had a discussion. was like, oh, do we try to play the next level? One week could be me, not so sure because of injuries. And next week could be Nick. We would just sit there and convince each other, hey, you know, we're here. We busted our butts through college, through high school. We have the opportunity to try and go pro, so let's try and do it. And, you know, we both of us, we uh, we, we faced some injuries and some tough things that happened while we were in college. Yeah, we were both four-year starters and had great careers, both captains. But, you know, when you go to the league, it's a little bit different. So just a different things you can go through. Like I said, I had hip surgeries. Nick had knee surgery. That kind of took a toll on our draft, our draft stock. Um, but we also took advantage of that situation, knowing that, hey, if we start training kids and we can help them put their bodies in the right way now in high school, not overwork themselves, but also work the muscles that you don't work, you know, in your high school weight room or with your personal trainer. A lot of guys don't know the different little intricacies of the body when it comes to being off alignment. And we think that if we had known that when we were in high school, our bodies would have held up better in college. And that would have made a big difference. And we would both probably be making a couple million dollars a year. <laughs> compared to, you know, starting our own company as well as working a full-time job on the side. So right. it was interesting for us both to go through that at the same time. I know Nick's process is a little different than mine, too, because Nick knew, you know, he was at ODU, but he was a stud there. It was going to be hard for him to get noticed just because I was on a larger platform, but Nick also did his thing at Old Dominion. So it's just, you know, you, you live and you learn, right? Mm -hmm. You get different situations. You just got to keep grinding. And you know, we both really put it all on the line when it came to the, the draft process and the working, hard, the working out and being disciplined, you know? Right, and I think when it came to that draft process, that's when we found our niche with this offense line training in Richmond where, you know, we stayed in touch when he was in Pittsburgh, I was training here, and then once we both came back trying to get a little extra work, there was nobody really to train us. Um, so we ended up driving up to Hopewell to train with some of their coaches, and that's when we kind of realized, hey, if this stuff doesn't work with us, work out for us in the next level, there's something missing here for these kids in the area who don't have, you know, you have quarterback trainers, you got seven on seven, wide receiver, all that good stuff, but nothing for, for the big men in trenches. And that's right. where we, we figured, no, let's take advantage of this and help out these kids um, and teach them stuff we wish we would have known in high school. I know senior year, our head, our head coach, Roscoe Johnson, he was our line coach and he was busy half the time running the team so we were our line coaches as seniors in high school as seniors yeah so kind of teaching kids who may not be getting the perfect online training not that we're perfect at all just helping them get better as players and, and train their bodies to stay healthy so realistically guys when can someone start 
that type of training. How can you tell that it would be someone who could develop into a lineman based on how they're growing and as they're getting older? How do you determine all that? So there's a lot of different types of lineman training and training overall. So when you get to a certain point, you become an elite level athlete, okay? And my philosophy in this, and also I'm reading a couple strength books, I'm working on that certification as well as being a strength coach, Nice. is when you become an elite level you can lift, you can bench, you can squat, you can deadlift, right? But eventually you're gonna get you're gonna keep getting stronger, but that strength is only gonna go so far in the field because you're doing those movements. So my philosophy and what we're trying to get to is to where we need to be moving things, moving items, moving sleds, picking up heavy objects, walking them. It's and that's the new fad in the NFL. These guys, most of these linemen, they don't go train at just a regular gym. They go train functionally. They do functional movements, they do things that they, they go hand-in-hand hand with the game that they're playing, right? We move men. That's what O-linemen do. Yep. We have to go backwards at full speed and stop a man when he's running full speed at you. It's unnatural. The training for that is not natural. So we, you know, with these younger guys, we're starting to get them in the mode where we're using a lot of resistance bands, a lot of sleds, a lot of developing the muscles that they thought they would never. Like, most guys have no idea the different parts of your body that are strong, and when they're working in, as one unit, what they can do for you on the football field. So... Yeah, I'm not saying anything about the strength side of things. Yes, that is very important. Lifting is very important. But when you want to get to the elite level and get and surpass that and become a great, you have to train your body to move the weight that you have to be able to move in the game and stop the weight. And that's kind of what we're building towards is to get to where we can train guys and they know that this is functional. I'm, I'm doing a movement. I'm getting stronger, but it's going to directly correlate with the game that I'm playing as well as the footwork drills and the different mental things that we teach these guys. There's a lot more science that goes into the O-line play that people really know about. It's not just put your hand on the ground, eat 10 pizzas at night, get as heavy as possible. No, <laughs> it's not that, that's not the name of the game anymore. No, the name no. of the game is speed, strength, and athleticism. And if you can master all three, those three things and be able to stop a man, a movement against his will, and you can be a great alignment. Well, Nick, and also another thing that you've got to have in this day and age is agility. Uh, yep. It's not like back in the 60s and 70s when I was a little kid growing up and watching the Dan Deerdorfs of the world. You know, you're right. It was just like I need to be a stone wall and, yep. you know, Art Shell and Gene Upshaw on the left side of my team, the Raiders, you know, yep. pull, you know, taking care of business there. But they would have had to have totally relearned their position yeah. to play in the NFL in 2020 and at the college level in 2020. Right, and that's where, you know, Alex getting at is it's no longer – eat 10 pizzas a night, get as big as possible. They want athletes. Uh, so, you know, you got skilled positions. A lot of coaches are now calling us big skill positions. We are skilled players that are just bigger than the rest of us. So you have to be athlete, athletic, and that's what we're kind of working towards. And, and it's hard because, like you, you were asking, you don't necessarily know at a young age when you're going to be an offensive lineman. You know, at quarter, quarterbacks know when you're going to be a quarterback. There's just a lot of growth that maybe a big kid in middle school stops growing in middle school and then next thing you know they're a linebacker type whatever and then a small kid may keep growing into to our size or bigger kids off his line so it's hard to know when to start and it's hard to know how to tell but what we really enjoy and what we have a lot of kids that train with us is they buy into being an offensive lineman yeah. and it's not just a you know something that you just go do day to day it's a mindset it's, it's a lifestyle a lifestyle that you have to buy into cuz you don't get the glory you don't get the fame practices mm -hmm. suck it all it's not <laughs> it's not fun you're not throwing quarterback or you're throwing passes catching touchdowns you're doing the dirty work and yeah. that's where you have to have the right mindset to say you know what i don't care i'm going to do 
the dirty work. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that bond, have that mindset with the rest of these offense line, the rest of my players, the rest of the people in the area, and go to work. And that's where we kind of look. And a lot, luckily, a lot of our players we train right now have that mindset. I mean, I went through it. I mean, you know, I wanted yeah. to be defensive end in high in college. That's I, what I wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. And when I finally accepted, hey, if I want to go to big school, you have to switch to O line. And I did, and I finally gained that mentality of, wow, this is awesome. Once you buy into being an O-lineman, this really is the best position out there. And I tell that to the guys that we train all the time. Like, you think I didn't want to be something more than an O-lineman? I wanted the glory, right? I was all about the showboating. That was me, right? But once I realized that, you know, a man mover is the, is the truest guy out there, yeah. that's what I wanted to be. And that's what, we, that's what he says we preach to these kids. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens offensively unless you have an effective line oh yeah yep. i just it's it's simple as that and that to me that with all the intricacies of football especially in this day and age i mean it's changed even from when you guys were in high school say six yeah. seven years ago yeah. but for all of that one thing never changes if you don't win the war at the line of scrimmage you won't win that's exactly right it's a pride thing that's what <laughs> it it takes pride to come in every day and work and do what we're doing and going in, lifting weights and, and all that good stuff. And if you can buy into that and put your pride aside to where you you don't want the glory and take that pride of I'm going to do the little things right and I know I'm the reason why our team's winning, that's all we ask for. And that's how you become a great offensive lineman. Give me an inside scoop on this, and then I want to talk about the academy specifically. Yeah. Is it To me, it would seem if you've got that mentality with your offensive line in terms of the offensive unit of your team, uh, if they have the mentality that uh, I don't care who gets the glory, we're going to pave the way, et cetera, et cetera, that should bleed over into your skilled players so that you don't end up having the situation to where you've got a group who's cohesive on the line yeah. and, frankly, some prima donnas behind you that you're trying to block for. So with us at Florida State, I mean, I had one of the best running backs in college history behind me, Dalvin Cook. Yes. And I remember when we first started doing really well, when I, we would always do well while I was there for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. but then we really started to get the run game going. We're moving. And the skill players just always like, why do all y'all always hang out together? Why y'all always in this into the O-lineman? And then they, then they realized why we were always together, because what we're going through together, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to be a part of it, right? I remember Dalvin Cook took the whole, took the whole O-line out to dinner one night, right? <laughs> he was like, what do we got to do? Took, it out, took us out to dinner. He paid out of his scholarship check. He paid for all of our foods, wow. right? And then from then on, you know, the bond carried over. Next thing you know, the receivers are hanging out together. Next thing you know, the quarterbacks are hanging out with us. And then that's be- that was the year that we beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl, right? Because yep. the whole team was together. One of my best friends of all time from Florida State is Jock Westpatrick. He's playing for Tampa Vipers right now, running back. Didn't even have to hang out and practice together. But we hung out off the field, and he knew I had his back. And I knew he had my back, right? Because – they saw how hard we worked, and people want to be a part of that. When people see a group of individuals working a certain way, and they're succeeding, and they have a special bond, people want to be a part of that. Yes. It's just a fact. And that's the thing that we preach, too. When we grew up training at where we trained for just working out, there are a bunch of other offensive linemen in the area that train together, and you form, you have a special bond that you form that's unlike anywhere else. And once we got to college, same thing. And people kind of envy that because, for the most part, other – position groups on the team don't have that bond where you're hanging out you do everything together everything together no matter what the offensive line is always hanging out always eating whatever sleep it doesn't matter so that's what we try and and tell these kids like look it the practice part may be may be hard but you're building bonds outside of it that are going to change your life and how you look at playing football 
and the other t your teammates will notice. And we just had a, a talk with Coach 2J, the offensive line coach at UVA the other day, and he was telling us how he teaches it is offensive line runs the practice. You guys set the tone. You're not allowed – if there's a, a skill position wide receiver, you know, whining and, and moaning, you take care of that because if you guys are fine – I mean, it's hard for us – Conditioning is no fun. No for the big boys. No way. But if we can handle it, for a skill player. If we yeah. can, yeah. If we can handle it, then they can handle it. And so that's what you teach. Like you said, it runs around the offensive line, and the more you know, it, it used to be the quarterback and stuff running it. No more. It's all offensive line, and you feed off of what they have. So now it's become where the offensive line is now. Those guys are the leaders of the team, and that's where you're starting to see more and more in, in football because people realize how important it is, and and times are changing. Alec Eberle, Nick Clark with us here tonight in the Red Zone. Hog Academy 804, who came up with the name? It was actually Alec's idea. We were trying to trying to figure it out. Um, you know, Hogs. Hog Squad. A whole bunch of stuff. Well, you know, you got the old Redskins. I was about yeah. to say, was it kind of a tip of the cap to the well, – uh, that, you know, I, I mean, when I think of a good old lineman, I always think of Hog. You know, yeah. I mean, a hog, a hog is low to the ground. They're powerful, and they're moving. In the right? dirt, in the mud. In the yes. right. And they're not afraid, not afraid to get down dirty and grimy. In, 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 in fact, they enjoy it. Frankly. Exactly. <laughs> they That's prefer right. it that way. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you do when you play on synthetic turf all the time? Hey, you know, that, was my, uh, that was one thing in college I could not stand. I always wanted to play on grass because, on grass. to me, a part of the game is getting muddy, right? right? A part of the game is knocking a dude on his butt and him having a grass stain down his like back. Like that Verona <laughs> game. That Verona game, we talk – there's not a – whenever all – so Ty Burris, Tanner Ramey, all us, we're all still best friends, right? That's awesome. We also, and we can't hang out without bringing up <laughs> the LC Burr game or the Verona game. We always talk about playing that Verona game. It was like playing in a giant pack of snack pack pudding. Oh, it was. I mean, it was so just thick oh. and disgusting. That was and I mean, it, but it was part of the game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was everyone was covered in mud. We win with a last-second field goal. That was the epitome of high school, right there. That yeah. was the epitome of our football season, doing new things, right? First time going, winning over 10 games. First time beating Verona in 15 years. Yep. And that's part of the game, though, right? We loved it. We were oh, muddy yeah. playing O-line, sliding <laughs> through the mud. You know, that's just what was it? That's. That's how we are. We're hogs. That's, that's how we live. Yeah. And there's the name. Yep. So, in terms of who you are, are, are looking to, to help out, cater to, whatnot, tell me about uh, ages and, and skills. Can you can you start from the ground up? Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. We personally would almost rather start from the ground up because you don't have any bad habits. So, if we get a player that's brand new, yeah, it may take a little longer. To, to build that skill set, but we're not trying to break bad habits. We're building good habits yeah, off right. the jump. Um, we we cater everybody. We do. We have a youth session, which is focused around middle school, but we allow some elementary school and whatnot. And then we have a high school session too, just high schoolers. And we bring up some eighth graders that are still in eighth grade, but will be um, transferring as a, or going to be a freshman next year. And so, just basically, anybody who wants to come come train and work as an offensive lineman, we invite them all because it's rare to find kids that we want, get to, work want to be an offensive lineman. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're out there getting our work in too, but, you know, you know both of Alec and myself. We like to have fun. We keep it loose. And we're building those bonds with all these kids across the area. It's really fun to, to watch. I mean, we got deep run kids who are best friends with Freeman kids now and <laughs> Adley kids. Hannah, I mean, it's, it's really – kind of cool to see the bonds being built and how they how they grow through just training with us and getting to know each other and they the really cool part too is looking at the kids i mean we're not gonna lie last year we kind of started this on a whim we's like you know what we have free time we're still training see if we get called up let's do this took 
fuck off. And then the kids we trained last year, right? They're all back this spring. And more. And more. And we can see what these kids have done, though. Just how they've developed from the first time we worked with some of these kids last year to now. It's like different guys, you know? And we got a couple young kids right now that we're training. And I'm not joking with you. Could be the next big thing out of Richmond. Wow. They're, they're, cool. they're huge. You know, they, they got the want to. We just got to get them there. You can have the want to, but you got to do it, too. You yes. know? And right now we're on track for that, and it's 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 a it's a special thing I think. You know the group we have, we're working with around 40 kids right now, and that group of kids they're all hard workers, and they know that yeah we're gonna have fun, but we're gonna get our work in, right? And there's no better way to get your work in unless you're enjoying it. That's right. That's always made things easier for me because no one wants to be miserable out there working, you know. Yeah. And we have that culture on, and the, and the guys know that they can be honest with us. We're gonna figure out, and it's not like we coach every kid the same thing. And that's one thing where we're different from some coaches is, like, we're not teaching these kids scheme. We're teaching these kids how to be overall better linemen and teaching them techniques to be successful and just develop them as a lineman. You know, the hand speed, the foot speed, the core strength. We're not saying, hey, inside zone right, six-inch step, up and over. No, we're not doing that. We might teach them a couple tricks to get a reach block. Right. But no, we're develop developing them an overall better lineman, which is why it really doesn't matter how old you are, right, because if you know – that I need to have my kickstand, I got to have fast hands with a strong core in my pass pro. If you know that in sixth grade and you practice that all the way until you're in a junior in high school, you're going to be a pretty solid pass blocker. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just how it is. And I got kids right now, we got a couple of kids who are real young. I think they're in sixth grade. And they got invited to some top combine things for their age group. And their parents like, what do they need to work on? I said, all they need to work on is their hand speed and their foot speed and their core strength, like what we've been doing. Nothing special because if they go out there and use the hand placement drills that we did, that we we taught them you know, where, to, where to put their hands and how hard to punch, they will go out there and have better technique than everybody else, and they will lock down kids that I don't care if they're bigger than them in their eighth grade. They will lock them down with the good technique in the right form because a lot of kids don't have that at a young age, right? I wish I had known some of the stuff I know now when I was that age because I would have practiced it continually right. until I got to college. I got to college, I had no idea what half the stuff I was doing. I'd never played center before. You know? Yep, that's and right. And now that I know it all, I'm just we're trying to pour out everything we've learned to all these kids so they can continue to practice them from a young age to college to hopefully further than that. So how can anybody get in touch with you, get more information about Hog Academy eight oh four? Yeah, so we have uh, all social media, we got Instagram, Facebook, we have a website. Um, Instagram and Facebook are, are Hog Academy O L T O line training. Okay. Um, and then we have a website right now, hogacademy804.com. It may be switched over to hogacademy.com. We're trying to, you know, start branching out a little branching bit out. further. So we're going to kind of hopefully have Hog Academy 757, Hog Academy, whatever, Nova. Yeah, all that. Yeah. That's our end goal. So, cool. like I said, we want to take care of Richmond first because that's our, our homegrown. That's our stomping grounds. Take care of them. And then we'll, we'll kind of try and. And spread out from there. Awesome. So, hogacademy804.com. Yes, sir. Uh, you're on Facebook, again, Hog, Hog Academy, OLT. OLT, and yep. also on Instagram yes, as well. Yes, People sir. can get in touch with you there, yeah. DM you, yeah, get yes, messages, and all the information. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Fantastic. This has been fun. I am looking forward to watching this grow and help it. out the next generation of linemen do it the right way. Well, we that's, appreciate your time, sir. Cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us and, on. And, guys, you, you didn't do half bad, you know, in your time. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. You know, uh, Nick Clark, Alec Everly, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. My pleasure. Back real quick to wrap things up here in the Red Zone right after this. In the Red Zone, we'll take a short time out. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to the Mater. 
Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one Stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stottenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Sports Page Grill Ashland wrapping things up here in the red zone. Couple of quick notes before we say good night this week at Randolph Macon. Remember, senior night for women's basketball tomorrow night at seven. The men take on Hamden Sydney at Crenshaw Wednesday night at seven. Ticket information for that game will be released at rmcathletics.com tomorrow afternoon and we'll flood it across our social media channels as well. Regular season ends for both teams on Saturday. For lacrosse, the men are back in action Saturday. The women have a Wednesday matchup at St. Mary's and then they're home to Meredith for their home opener on Saturday afternoon. High school basketball, bottom of the hour. Patrick Henry taking on Hermitage. The boys at home, the girls on the road. Final game of the regular season. Tune-ups for their Region 4B playoff berths. We'll know for sure by Wednesday morning, all the playoff seedings, Region Tournament Central at rbasportsnetwork.com will be up and running by Wednesday night to give you all the details on everything you need to know uh, in terms of the seedings and the brackets and the schedules and where games are going to be held, if it's neutral site, home court advantage, etc. Again, Region Tournament Central at rbasportsnetwork.com. Next week here on In the Red Zone, Michael Townsend, who just completed an incredible run as head boys volleyball coach at Patrick Henry, will be with us. We'll talk about winning not one but four consecutive state titles and about his decision to step away from the program at this time. And our friends at Massey Wood and West are going to drop by next week as well. Our thanks to them, our thanks to We Think in Inc. and to Sports Page Grill Ashland. Rob Witham saying thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you next Monday night in the Red Zone.
Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.